here's what happens. You hear an objection and your adrenaline starts rushing. It's, you can't help it. It's a physiological response. And at that moment when our adrenaline starts rushing, that means the blood leaves our brain. It goes into our arms and legs. That's fight or flight. And because the blood left our brains, we're actually stupider in that moment than we usually are. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Deb Calvert is president and founder of People First Productivity Solutions, a consulting and training firm that specializes in sales training, leadership development, and team effectiveness. Prior to founding People First, Deb was a corporate training director for a Fortune 500 media company, and her early career included a variety of inside, outside, and major account sales and sales management positions. She's been named as one of the 65 most influential women in business and consistently appears on lists of top sales influencers and thought leaders. She is an instructor at UC Berkeley, a field researcher, trainer, speaker, and author. Uh, Deb's newest book is Stop Selling and Start Leading. Um, her bestseller, Discover Questions, Get You Connected, has been named one of the 20 most highly rated sales books of all time by HubSpot. And Deb is the founder of the Sales Experts Channel and of the movement to stop selling and start leading. Thanks for coming today, Deb. How's, uh, how's everything going with you? It's going good. Thanks for having me here today. I love what you're doing at Badger Maps. Six good years. I hope you keep on doing more of the same. <laughs> that's, that's the hope. Um, so yeah, today we're talking, uh, you know, as, as always, we're talking with, the, the, with field salespeople in mind. And and bring in kind of your areas of expertise that uh, to 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 field salespeople. So, uh, first question: Let's just say that you're in field sales and you're talking to a qualified prospect who just has some objections that you need to overcome. What are your uh, tricks and tips to approach this discussion and and uh, approach the objections? Okay, so this is simple, and I like simple. Here's what happens. You hear an objection and your adrenaline starts rushing. It's, you can't help it. It's a physiological response. And at that moment when our adrenaline starts rushing, that means the blood leaves our brain. It goes into our arms and legs. That's fight or flight. And because the blood left our brains, we're actually stupider in that moment than we usually are. Um, so we need a good tip to be able to uh, buy some time and let everything else get back to normal physiologically. So um, I think that this tip does that, but it also does something even more important. It lets you find out if the objection that you've just heard is a real objection, or is it a secondary objection, or just a smokescreen. They don't mean it at all, but, but they have to say something. And the fastest way to do that is to turn it around. So you just say the opposite. So give me an objection. Just give me an example, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of ways to, to, a couple of examples of how you turn them around. Give me two or three. Okay, so uh, one classic classic objection is uh, is not now. Uh, you know, so the objection would be, "Oh, this is really interesting, but um, it's just it's not in our budget for for this year." Okay, so right now, remember, all I want to do is find out if that's the real objection. I'm not going to overcome the objection yet. The only way I can find out if it's the real objection then is to say something like, "Oh, okay, if the timing were right and you did have budget." would we be moving forward with this solution? 
Ah, okay. Excellent. Excellent. So, so you're, 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 uh, my, I did training through IBM sales school and like early in my career, my first job was a, a field sales job with IBM. And that was, that was the exact, it was very similar to that was yeah. they, they wanted, they called this the test where you test to make sure the objection is the only objection and you keep testing until you get them all down and then you start overcoming them one at a time. Yeah, because what people say when you just phrase exactly the opposite, they either say, well, yeah, if we had budget, you know, we might consider it. Or they'll say, hmm, no, actually, and then out comes probably the real objection. Right, right. Well, that, that is a fantastic, uh, a, a fantastic tip to overcoming the objection. Um, specifically, uh, price is an objection that everyone has to deal with on, in a lot of sales. What, what's your strategy to overcoming pricing objections in, in particular? Well, I'm going to do this in four parts because I think price is a big, hairy, scary thing. We got to break it down a little bit. First of all, you have to remember that people don't ask price unless they have some level of interest. We don't care about the price unless we are thinking about what it might look like to have that solution. Mm -hmm. So take price as a, questions as a sign of interest and not just as an objection. And when they are just an objection, usually it's because it's the one that makes salespeople go away the fastest. So um, we want to turn it around. We want to ask that question about price. If, the, if you didn't feel the price was too high, would we move forward? And then we have something to, to work with. Mm -hmm. um, the other two pieces are that no matter what, if you've done good needs assessment work, if you did good discovery and you know what your prospect values, You've got to put price and value together because value always overcomes price. If the value is strong enough, then we all make decisions regardless of price when we want something, need something, value something enough. So mm -hmm. keep that in mind. And then finally, if you ever make price concessions at all, don't make the concession without getting something in return. Never, ever lower price just for the sake of lowering price. We think, hey, we, we're lowering price so we can get the deal. The buyer thinks, ah, the price wasn't real. And did I still get the best deal? I'm right. not so sure. So there's got to be give and take. I can, I can reduce the price for you, but we'll have to take some things out of the solution. Which things in that solution would you be willing to give up? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and... What are, are is there are there specific sales techniques that you think uh, or frameworks that, that you know about that are that are specifically effective for outside salespeople, uh, field salespeople, and uh, and why do you think they work? Um, okay, so this is a great softball question because I just wrote a new book <laughs> and it's coming out very soon. <laughs> uh, everybody, go pre-order it. But. Um, we researched, we, we went and talked to 530 B2B buyers, did a full panel study, and we asked them about the behaviors they would like to see from, from salespeople. And these are professional buyers. We asked them about 30 specific behaviors. What frequency do they see these behaviors currently in the sellers they choose to do business with? And what would the ideal frequency be? And with all 30 behaviors, the ideal frequency is significantly higher than the current frequency. And then we looked at sellers' personal best stories. We asked them to tell us stories, over 500 sellers, about when they were at their best in selling. And we looked at their behaviors in their stories, and there was a direct hit. So these behaviors that buyers want are also behaviors that show up in personal best from sellers. Mm -hmm. 
But we probed, we asked buyers a little bit more, and these behaviors will cause them to be more likely to meet with you, more likely to trust you, more likely to buy from you and advance mm -hmm. the sale faster. So this framework, it's called Stop Selling and Start Leading. It's about replacing old school selling behaviors with behaviors more often associated with leadership. Interesting. Okay. And, and that, that makes sense. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the best salespeople naturally fall into leadership roles eventually, probably for a reason. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what were some of the key behaviors? If you were just going to list three of them or five of them. Sure. I'll tell you the, the number one behavior, because there are 30 and all of them matter to buyers, but the number one above everything else behavior is that they want to, to have sellers answering their questions in a relevant and timely manner. Mm -hmm. And that includes the price question. So one of the um, biggest body of comments that we got was buyers being upset and feeling like something sneaky is going on because we deflect and dodge the price question. Mm. That makes so. a ton of sense. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of sales uh, strategies will tell you to do that. They'll tell you to de deflect and dodge. But I think a lot of people appreciate price transparency. Absolutely. And even if you cannot answer price yet, because sometimes that's the case, we, we don't have enough information, we can give a ballpark. We can explain why we're not giving price yet. We can give something back as opposed to not answering the question at all mm -hmm. and then circle back to it soon so that the buyer knows we didn't um, leave that by the wayside. That makes a ton of sense. Um, okay. So next question, what do you think the best way to, to start a conversation with a new lead is what, what do you think should be focused on? Value in all things, focusing on value. Um, I did this book before discover questions, get you connected, which was based on 20 years of field research with buyers and observations with sellers. And I am absolutely convinced because I saw it work over 20 years. I saw it work last week. Uh, when somebody puts value at the forefront, it's engaging. It says, I have your best interest at heart. It says, you know, th this is somebody worth talking to. This is not like all those other sellers. This, this one gets it. So we always have to start with value and, and end with value and pack it in between. Um, so so how, what do you think the most effective way to communicate your value is? Do you, do you think you focus on ROI? Do you think you focus on features? Do you think you focus on the end user experience? What, what, when you say start with value, if you're, if you're opening a conversation, how do you, how do, you do that? Yeah, it's none of those things. Those things are all about us. Instead, it's a question to find out what the buyer values. It's a question that draws them into the conversation that says, hey, you know what? Hang on for the ride. This is going to be a cool experience because I am dialing in right where you are, right with what matters most to you. So okay. I'm talking even in an opening email, cold email, cold, uh, cold call. It doesn't matter. It's about finding out first what is most important to that buyer. And how do you do that? How, what, what would you recommend to a field salesperson to, to start that conversation? Imagine, let's use a real world example. Imagine that you were a dental field sales rep and you're trying to get your, your new piece of teeth cleaning equipment in front of a dentist. Okay. So I might ask a question. Maybe I want to make it multiple choice to, to narrow it. And I don't know that field all that well. So uh, bear with me if I'm off track just a bit, but I might say something like, you know, um, Here's what I'm hearing in the field. I'm hearing that there are problems with insurance coverage changing. I'm hearing that more dentists are moving to cosmetic procedures because that's where the real money is. And I'm hearing that uh, people are looking for convenience. They want to get in and out quickly. Those things compete with each other. Out of those three, which one is most important to you or is it something else entirely? Okay. 
So you're, you're, you're engaging with what's figuring out what's important to the buyer before you even bring up what your solution is. Absolutely. My solution's irrelevant until they see a need for it. And I can't put those two things together, my solution and their need, unless I understand what they value. Value is the cement that's going to put them together. Very cool. That, that makes a ton of sense. Um, well, I guess that leads into the next question. As, you know, as a, a well-known sales trainer, what, what have you seen as the most common mistake that outside sales reps make to, to cause them to lose sales? Also my pet peeve. Um, uh -oh. <laughs> we need to put urgency into the work we do. Salespeople, field salespeople are so busy and your time is extremely valuable. You don't have time to make 15 callbacks to the person you pitched something to two months ago. Now that they've forgotten all about you, you're starting from scratch and it's been completely wasted time in between there. So don't allow continuances. If people say, oh, let me think about it, we need to challenge that. That's an objection. If you didn't need to think about it, would we be moving forward? What's going to change in the time while you're thinking about it? What, what information haven't I provided that, that causes you to need to think about this? Mm -hmm. um, how long do you need to think about it? Because we have a deadline here. So we create urgency by asking those kinds of questions, by amping up the value. That value that you want, you can't have it unless we get started. And in most cases, it's also a good idea to put an expiration date on your proposal, on your solution. Hey, I can offer you this deal, uh, but it, it's only good for two weeks because business changes fast. Yeah, I, I found that to be very effective uh, over the years, is having, a, having an, an end date and with a reason that the, that the date, you know, at that time we have to re reconsider. It's tough with some, it's tough, that's tough to do with some products like, you know, like imagine you're that field sales rep selling a tooth cleaning equipment to a dentist. They know there's not another version coming out for two years. How do you, how do you create that urgency with, with a, pro, a product like that? Yeah, I probably find out what they value. Do they value getting more money in the door? Do they value getting share of market? Do they value being first and being able to be the only one, the exclusive something? Mm -hmm. uh, well, they need to get ahead of the curve if that's the case. There's always something, if you probe hard enough around value, there's always something urgent there. Outstanding. And, and what, uh, if you think about like daily habits and rituals that sales reps might go through to, what would you recommend for a field salesperson in terms of on a day-to-day -day basis, how to, how to create habits and rituals that, that, uh, that'll be helpful to them and, in, in, uh, in, in doing better and being more successful? <sighs> This has to do with giving yourself more selling time, because as I said a moment ago, your time is so valuable. But I notice more and more, as companies are, are thinly resourced, I notice more and more that salespeople are absorbing administrative tasks and work that is better done by other departments. Mm -hmm. And they do that even when there are remaining resources, because they feel like, oh, I could do it better, it takes too long to explain it, or, um, you know, I'm, I'm past the deadline, so I'm going to have to do it because I'm too embarrassed, or I'm going to get in trouble if I give it to someone else. Mm -hmm. We need good habits for handing off as much work as we can. The non-customer-facing work doesn't use our time wisely. We, we need to take advantage of any and all resources that are available to us. Great piece of advice. Absolutely true. Especially in a larger organization, a lot of times the stuff is out there. It's just hard to find or it wasn't perfect or, or, or you know, it's, uh, that's something that everyone could do better is leveraging the, the, the resources they have available to them in their company. Um, what, 
uh, outside of company resources, um, what kind of, what's, what's your favorite sales resource that's just available to all field sales reps for, for field sales reps and one, what, what comes to mind? I, I love your questions because you're setting me up to promote things I love. Um, <laughs> That's the well, idea. I, I mean, yeah. we, we, um, in 2017, to... I founded the Sales Experts Channel, and okay. that is uh, a place, our mission is just to provide educational content to the sales community, sales managers, sales professionals, mm -hmm. and it's all free. The first year, we had 63 sales experts who produced a few hundred webinars, all free, all great quality. And this year we have another 40 some who are coming in and um, providing free, educational, inspirational, high quality, actionable content. Like if you want to know how to do stuff, come on over. Our website it now has all of those webinars indexed. So you want to know about prospecting? Boom. Come on in there and you can click on a couple of dozen webinars to, to get right to the thing you want to know about prospecting. Oh, so cool. We'll, we'll, we'll be sure to put that link in the, in the, in the notes that people can find that because that's, uh, you know, we're, I'm always looking for great resources that we can get out to our community and let them know, you know, hey, this exists, check it out, great learning resource. Um, that's, that's awesome. Um, when you train field salespeople, what do you think the most important message that you can leave them with? If you have one takeaway and you, after you know a, a two-day training, what's the one thing you're like, oh, I hope they take this away and actually implement it in their daily, in their daily lives? Yeah, I have lots of tactical things, but the thing I think is most important of all is how you see yourself. So when I do sales training workshops or one-on-one -on -one coaching with reps, it's all about stepping into your own role as a leader. You get to be in charge. You're going to lead. You're going to guide people to a, a better place full of possibilities that, that they value. And you can't do that if you are deferential. You can't do that if you're afraid of, of being pushy. You can't do that if you're using all the stereotypical behaviors of, of salespeople that buyers resist. See yourself as a leader and, and be ennobled, right? Know that the work you do is worthy. It's important and you can make a true difference for people. So uh, great. That's just such a fantastic message. And I think one that salespeople have to have, can really take to heart, right? I mean, it, and you know, it's, it's easy to kind of get the, uh, the, uh, I've seen so many field salespeople over the years um, feel like used car salesmen sometime where they're pushing something that, that, not the used card sales is, is not a, is not also a noble profession, but like you know the kind of the the, the traditional like oh it's going to break as soon as it leaves a lot. And they just they feel like they're pushing something that people don't need, or they feel like they're 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 not a value added resource. But if you can realize the thing you're selling, I mean the reason it exists is because it helps people. If it didn't, your company wouldn't be here, right? Um, That's right. And uh, and and you, I, I feel like salespeople are really consultants and really adding value and educating a prospective customer about the thing that they do. And, and that's that it, I, I like the word uh, noble that you used right there. That was fantastic. That's, that's, that's perfect. And noble. Nobody's ever heard that word. We hear about enabling sales a lot, but mm -hmm. ennobling means to make feel worthy or important. And it's a really important concept. We, we have, we need more of that. We all have to pay attention to that. Ennoble. I like that. I, I, I wish I knew that when I took the SATs. <laughs> um, so uh, what, for all the field salespeople out there listening today, what, what would you do as a first step to, to bring into their daily practices and, and implement the, the sales techniques that, that you talk about in, in your works? 
Yeah. Well, I'd go out and order Stop Selling and Start Leading, our, our new book, uh, because that's the one. It's a behavioral blueprint. It says exactly what buyers want you to do. And it is about liberating the leader inside yourself. So it's also a it's a feel-good. When I talk to audiences about this research and I talk about the, the behaviors of, of leadership, I mean, I see salespeople perk up. I see them get a little swagger back in their step. So that yeah. confidence that comes from it is, is really important. It, it is the right starting point. Fantastic. Um, if you had one piece of advice you'd like our listeners to, to remember from today, what, what would it be? Stay in control. Don't let your emotions, your adrenaline, your anxiety, your, your buyers who want to push the uh, next appointment off longer, don't let any of that get in your way. You're in charge and you're going to guide people. So take that ownership. Awesome. Awesome message. Um, well, uh, in summary, I guess one of the, th the things that we learned today um, that I'm taking away is that when, address uh, when addressing objections, think about if it's the real objection first and then, and then turning it around with, uh, with, Deb's, with Deb's test here. Um, you, you could ask, would you move forward if this objection wasn't there? That's, it's a really cool way of, of uh, kind of turning things around. Um, also take price questions as a sign of interest and don't be afraid to address the question and put it together with the value in your offer. Um, super, uh, super cool messages there. Uh, another takeaway is that the way you behave directly impacts how prospects react to you and whether they ultimately buy from you. We learned that you need to behave like a leader more than a seller. And also when approaching new prospects, always start and end with value. Uh, this value should be whatever matters most to the prospect not about the features or benefits of your product. Uh, that's, that's a key message. Take advantage of all the resources out there at your company and, and maximize the time spent with your customers and minimize time spent on busy work. And that's, that's definitely a big, uh, a big message we have here at Badger Maps uh, uh, as well. And that, that uh, it's all about getting, minimizing the busy work and getting time in front of the right customers. Uh, you know, I, I, I always feel like I'm beating a dead horse on that one, but it's such an important message. Um, to be successful in sales, you need to change the way you see yourself, step into your role as a leader and recognize that you're providing value to people. And, uh, and finally, the, the big, one of the big takeaways from Deb is always stay in control and take ownership. So, um, very cool. Uh, so Deb, uh, where can listeners read more about your work and, and reach out to you? What, what, what's the best way to, uh, to learn more here? Well, if it's the leadership piece, that's the website, www.stopsellingstartleading.com. If it's me you want to know about, come on over to my own website, which is peoplefirstps.com, the PS for Productivity Solutions. And if you just want to hang out, read blogs, uh, follow other stuff that I'm doing, connect with me, it's peoplefirstps, that's my social media handle. And you'll find me on my website if you want to email. I'd, I'd love to, to talk more with anyone. Thanks for coming today and, uh, and I'll talk to you soon.